Hey guys, I'm Rachel Cruz. I'm George Camel. And this is Smart, Smart Money, Money Happy, Happy Hour. Hour. So Ooh, that, was a, that was a very These light. are heirloom glasses. And so we have to be very careful in today's episode. Yes. Because our friend Michael Reddish, a team member here at Ramsey Solutions, our director of event experiences and amateur mixologist, has generously made the drink in his great-grandmother's coupe glasses. Can you believe that right now? How special I is mean, that? I mean, just like an heirloom. It adds a whole vibe to it. It does. So we're going to be careful about these glasses. Very, very gentle. But in this podcast, we are just two friends who happen to be money experts talking about what you're talking about. So pop culture, current events, and money. And today's episode is a spicy one because we're talking about money advice from influencers and celebrities. That's right. So we are going to just sip slow and enjoy this because, again, this is a non-alcoholic drink. It's a mocktail that we have today. People have been asking for it, and we decided, well, let's make it a really good one. And so if you want to make this at home and you don't drink, this is a great one to make, an espresso martino. So wait till the end of the episode, and we'll give you the recipe. All right, so today, George, we're going to talk about— So much advice out there, Well, there's just a lot of social media. There's a lot of social media, a lot of people who are money experts We're not the only ones with opinions, it turns out. (laughs) Who knew? TikTok, Instagram, Reddit, so many personal finance experts that are all telling us what to do with our money, and we're just letting them. We're just letting them tell us. That's right, and Gen Z investors say they're more likely to get financial advice. Are you ready for this, George? Take a big old sip of that espresso. Oh uh, from do you say espresso? Is that what it's called? It's not espresso. Oh no! <laughs> Is that <right>. it? <laughs> espresso. There's oh. no X. This is a PSA for everyone listening. Espresso was the you dr- said express. Is- okay, espresso martino. So take a big old sip of <laughs> is that what it's called? Just take a sip of your mocktail, right, George. Because I want you to prepare yourself for this stat. Are you ready? Okay. Gen Z investors are more likely to get financial advice from TikTok or YouTube influencers than from a financial advisor. Jeez. Yikes. 34% they would get advice from TikTok. 33% said YouTube. And only 24% said they would get advice from a financial advisor. Granted, we are on YouTube and TikTok. So let's just, let's just say, let's just disarm the comments. If you're listening to this show. We are there. But we definitely recommend sitting down with a financial investor. A financial pro who does this day in and day out. That, so please, please listen to us. We believe in the advice we're giving you. But also, oh, But also sit don't down. believe everything you heard on a 40-second TikTok and no, go do it. No, it gets bad. Bad, George, is bad. And this isn't just influencers out there. Celebrities are also starting to endorse financial products and trends all the time. So we're going to talk about those later in the episode. But for now, Rachel, let's do what the kids do during happy hour, I think, and scroll some TikTok and see what advice is out there. Okay. All right, George. Okay, between friends, though. I don't want to say people's names. I don't want them to be mad at us. You want to protect the innocent personal I don't. Wa- I want to go after there. the advice, not the people. Well, you're a better person than I am. Can we agree on that? Fine. So what should we do? It's fine. We won't mention the names. Okay. And it's terrible advice anyways, for the most part. So I I know. And I'm okay going at the advice. I just feel bad going after the people. And a lot of them are good people. They mean well. They just also have bad advice. Okay. So let's go for the, okay, let's do the first one. Here we go. Let's hear it. Personal finance tip, if you're in your 20s, you should never cancel an old credit card. The reason is, is that 35% of your credit score is made up of your credit history. So if you cancel an old credit card, all your credit history is gone and your credit score will go down severely. So don't ever cancel your credit cards. Thank me later. 
Oh, wow, man. Okay, hot take. Never cancel your credit cards is what the advice was. And not just for the heck of it, but for the credit score, George, this is a big myth out there that the credit score is like the end-all, be-all to life. And your credit score is not an indication that you're winning with money. It's not an indication that you have money. It's an indication that you have debt and that you're playing with debt and that you have debt and you pay it back and you don't. And the history, all of it, mathematically, what is calculated through the credit score is all around debt. So this guy is saying, hey— to stay in debt, you need a credit score. So make sure your credit score is good so you can keep going into debt. And um, he's partially right in that your score could go down if you don't play their game perfectly. And so our advice is stop playing the freaking game. That's right. Get and out of the game. And your life will be fine. You don't, I've done everything without a credit score. You can buy a car with cash. You can get a mortgage through manual underwriting. So there's ways all around this so you don't have to hang on to your credit score for dear life. Yeah, because the main reason to have a credit score is to go into debt. But if you live a life debt-free then you don't need it. And, and you can, can get a house yes. through manual underwriting. You can rent apartments without a credit score. Yes, your insurance, yourself, everything. You can live life without a credit score. So if you keep playing the debt game, you're going to keep getting that result, which is just continuing to have the bank on you and owing people money. No thanks, And thanks. for us, George, at the end of the day, let's just sip our little espresso martino life and say— Yes, don't owe anyone anything. There is freedom in that. So sorry, TikToker. Cut up the cards. And cancel them. Get out. Don't don't be at the mercy of the credit score. It's not worth it. Not worth it. So as you're watching these videos on what's affectionately called FinTalk. Wait, I'm 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 sorry. What? FinTalk, financial TikTok. Wow, it's a a whole subgroup. Wow. All right, I'm in. I'm in with the kids. But ask yourself these questions, Rachel. Are they encouraging me to go into debt? And number two, are they encouraging me to measure my financial success by my FICO score? Because here's the truth. I could hand you a million dollars right now, and your score would not be affected. Boo. It's not a measure of wealth. Don't play the game, people. Come on. Boo. Exactly. All right. Up next. Here we go. I'm a licensed agent, and I got a life insurance policy on my daughter when she was 14 days old. It's called Children's Whole Life. Now, many think of life insurance and say, well, if I pass away, the death benefit goes to my family. When we're talking about children's whole life, this is about teaching your children the importance of creating generational wealth. I got her a $50,000 policy, and it was only $9 per month. But the part that was most important, the part that was most important was that she gets to keep this $9 price point for the rest of her life. It's locked in. So now, when she lives a long life and she passes away, my grandchildren are also going to get a tax-free life insurance check because I did this for her early and I'm teaching her the importance of life insurance while she is young. So I encourage everybody, have a children's whole life insurance policy for your children if they're under the age of 18 years old. Only takes 15 minutes. Okay, best part of that video, the cute baby. Ah, I mean, sweet thing. The rest of it? Let me me just quote my mother-in-law. Can I just jump through the phone right now? And hold, and hold that baby because that is a cute baby. <laughs> Did she say that? Yeah, she does. We FaceTime them because they're out of town. So she'll be like, I just want to the cute. phone right now. I know. Um, okay. Man. Okay. So life insurance, y'all. Can we just break this down real quick? Break it down. So it is not an investment. Okay. Insurance is insurance. Your investments and insurance need to be separate. Don't mix them. No. And so if you have no one dependent upon you, upon your income, right? If no one's dependent upon your income, you do not need 
life insurance. Now, let's be clear: you're not dependent on your baby's income. No, and you're it not is zero. I know, and I love the fact that he's like, we got to teach our kids financial responsibility. So I love the motivation, but you're not teaching them that through having a whole life insurance policy. That's kind of crappy. No, and truthfully, Rachel, a lot of people are that are peddling these whole life insurance videos. Guess what they sell? Whole, whole life, life insurance. insurance. <laughs> not a not a trustworthy source there. So the reason is we don't like to mix insurance and investment. You can do way better investing in the open market and mutual funds and index funds. And don't mix these together. Get term life instead, which is way cheaper than whole life. And uh, the insurance company wins 99% of the time when it comes to these products. So yeah, whole life insurance, yes. They actually take a huge cut. If not, even the savings. Sometimes the investment, depending on the policy, when you die anyways, like they take the money. So it doesn't make sense. So again, yes, we are all about having life insurance. That's very important. So when someone is dependent upon your income, get term life. It's very inexpensive. And then take what you would have paid at whole life. Take the remaining in even, right? What you would have paid and invest it. And you're going to come out a whole lot better investing your money in an actual investment versus insurance. Yeah, don't fall for this, especially children's whole life. You don't need that. No, Gerber had a whole thing. Did you, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Gerber life insurance, all this stuff. So Stick listen. to baby food, Gerber. <laughs> God, Gerber. Unbelievable. All right, all right, you're really riling me up here. Here we go. Let's see what next we got next. One. I'd like to buy this bag, please. I'll be paying American Express. Oh, a credit card. Not to be nosy, but are you sure you can afford it? Why? Because I'm paying with a credit card? Yes, dear. There's no reason to go into debt for a purse. Oh, I'm not going into debt. I'm getting 60,000 points for flights and hotels, so that's about $1,200. The bag's paying for itself. Then I'll be paying off my card in full, which means I'll be keeping my credit utilization low, which is building me a great credit score, earning me lower interest rates on cars, houses, and everything else I go to buy. Oh my, what are you saying? I'm saying a credit card goes a lot further than cash or debit, as long as you know how to use it. This is it. The number one thing we hear about credit cards. You get the airline points, the miles. And I pay it off every month, Rachel. <sighs> Less than half Americans do. Yeah, studies show you're going to spend more when you swipe that card versus using hard-earned cash. So and that's number one. You're going to overspend. And even a debit card, because psychologically, you know it's your money coming out of an account, right? Versus swiping a credit card, you're using someone else's money. And here's the deal, too. I'm like, when you get the credit card bill and you're paying your money for stuff that's already happened in the past, it just feels different versus paying for something in the moment. You're going to second guess. You're going to think through your purchases so much more if it's in the moment. And after you purchase it, you're done. You never have to think about it again. You're done. And with a credit card, you get that bill at the end of the month. And again, technically, you are in debt until you pay it. And there's delayed gratification. When you wait, you save up. And a lot of the times you realize that was impulsive. I don't even want it anymore. Yeah. And then it also pointed back to, well, and it helps your credit score, which we've already talked about. It is a we, we have, measure. George. It's a useless measure of actual wealth. Rewind this podcast if you forgot about <laughs> it. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Thank that you was me that. rewinding. I love it. Okay, here's the other thing. That we, people get the airline miles, the points, all of that. Because other people don't pay their credit cards off every month and they pay the interest, they pay the fees. And that's how banks make their money. They're making money off of people going into We're debt. struggling. So I'm like, I just want to be part of the system. I'm like, listen, I will it's pay gross. for my Southwest flight. I will pay. I don't need Discover to give me like cash back 1%, whatever thing is. Like, I'm good. 
I don't need the industry. Like I'll that's skip almost how the first class flight. That's almost how to or pay for it with cash, George. That's true. I still don't think it's worth it. I think first class is a scam. Oh really? It's a whole nother hot take. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah, a lot of this is all about points and vacations that they otherwise couldn't afford, which makes me go, well, there's a better way to do that instead of hoping you have enough credit card points at the end of the year. Yeah, silliness. Do a budget. Get out of debt. All right. Last but not least, our favorite, George. Is it? Crypto. Oh, <laughs> okay. I thought we could end on a high note, but I don't know. Right. I haven't Let's seen see the video. Got. Let's just see what happens. Bruv, I'm literally broke. I have ten dollars. Tell me which I should throw them in forever. So you're going to put your $10 in a cryptocurrency and wait forever to make money? No. If you have $10 and you're broke, get a job. Don't look to crypto to make you money. We love him. I was waiting for the bad advice. Me and instead, too. I'm a huge fan. What a guy. This hey, is amazing. I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, crypto, it's not the way to, to build wealth. It's straight up gambling. It has uh, it has gone down, gone down the tubes, as they'd say, gone down the drain. Yeah. How would you say it? Tubes, drain, I think it's all the same. All of it? I think we're good there. And yeah, again, not mad at it. Just don't think it's a very uh, sturdy investment, if yeah. you will. If yeah. You're, if you're going to invest in crypto, be completely out of debt, have a fully funded emergency fund, be investing 15% into actual retirement, into your 401k, into IRAs. And then if you want to use some of your fund money to throw into crypto, literally like throwing it out the window, that's fine. But don't let this be a big part of your world or your investment strategy. Crypto, George, has been a thing, even among like celebrities, people, I mean, the amount of money spent on marketing and advertising for cryptocurrency is fascinating. And it's so insane. You, I mean, yeah. So you have like. And a lot of celebs have been coming under fire for just like taking a check and then saying, you should totally invest in crypto. I, I totally endorse know. it. No, Matt Damon, Tom Brady, Kim K. Oh, we Kim Kardashian got in some heat. I know. With so a lot was, of zeros on the end. This is fascinating. So. Uh, she made a $1.26 million crypto ad mistake. So she was paid $250,000 to put an ad for crypto for a crypto token on her Instagram story. But crypto tokens are considered securities by the SEC. Ooh, so boy. she was supposed to disclose how much she was paid. And she she did include hashtag ad in the post. Not good enough for the SEC. But not the dollar amount. Fascinating. So she ended up having to cough up one point. Two six million dollars to settle the charges, and she also agreed not to promote any crypto assets for three years. Wow! Sorry, Kim, you're gonna have to find money some other way. Some I other wish way. you the best. Kim is probably really, really sad about this. You know, yes. really wringing her hands. She's gonna be fine, everyone. If you're wondering, if a million dollars <laughs> is a big number to her, it's not. She's that's fine. a Tuesday for Kim. She's fine. But in the spirit of crypto, Jay Z also stepped into this world and started a 12-week class open to the residents of a public housing complex that he grew up in, which oh, is really cool. The motivation is so great, though. He wants I to bring financial education yep. to, you know, some of those folks who are in, you know, cycles of poverty, who are in lower-income housing, trying to get them out of this. And so the heart seems to be in the right place for financial literacy and education. But here's the problem. They're, he's teaching them about crypto. Yeah. Largely. And so I wish 
there was something else other than crypto involved, like he was teaching them how to get on a budget, how to get out of debt, the dangers of debt. But instead, it's like, here's the way out. You should get into Bitcoin. Yeah, that's the hard thing about crypto is I'm like, it's this get rich quick feel, right? Like, if you get this, you're going to be fine. And I'm like, honestly, building wealth and winning with money long term, it's just, it's hard work. It's the long game. You're playing the long game here. So whether you're a, wait, what did you call it earlier, George? Fintalk? A Fintalker. Or a, is I don't that, know if they call themselves that, but I'm into is, it. Is that, right. is that Give it a thing? shot. <laughs> or a celebrity, yeah, the crypto thing. And residents who here. are eligible for the class are also concerned because they're like, I don't have any money to lose. So they've said this out loud. Yeah. And they even know, like— Is uh, it still happening? Do you know? I don't know where it's at. Um, yeah. But some Currently. said they would rather have infrastructure upgrades to the property than a Bitcoin academy, which uh. I totally agree with, Jay-Z. But I know, I know his heart behind it though, because he does have, he wants people, yeah, to build wealth. But the hard thing is in today's society, building wealth, everyone wants a shortcut. So, all right. So after going over all of this from influencers to celebrities, here are some red flags to be thinking about when you hear financial advice. Proceed with caution if you hear any of the following. That's right. Are they encouraging you to go into debt? Huge red flag. Stay away. Are they encouraging you to leverage debt to build wealth? Even worse. Risk, risk, risk. Are they encouraging you to find ways to improve your FICO score? Boo. Also red flag. A too good to be true promise to retire early or get rich quick. Again, never works. No shortcuts to any place worth going. Encouraging you to gamble, bet, or invest more than you can afford. Not worth it, you guys. Not worth it. Common sense. Just pl- Don't plug in that. your common sense. And anytime they're recommending a specific financial product like an account, a certain credit card, a certain type of crypto, that is also a red flag that they are making money off that specific product. So proceed with caution. Yep. It may be a good product, but recognize they're making this video to promote this thing. That's right. And again, there's some good financial advice and products out there that really can help you. But make sure that it truly does. Uh, Don't let it defy common sense. And so that's what ends up happening with a lot of this stuff. It's like, yeah, my common sense is telling me that probably sounds too good to be true. Guys, listen to that because it probably is. I I was saying listen to your heart. Sing it. I can't. You're the musician between us, George. that's why I wanted you to sing it. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Heart. (laughs) You said it's your favorite artist of all time. That's not Celine Dion. Stop no, that, not. George Camel. George Camel, stay seated. Don't get stay that. Seated. That is I'm not un- getting I up. can't. I can't. Oh I can't. Oh my gosh. Who sings that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Tell me it doesn't feel like a Celine song, though. Listen my to your No, it sounds no. more like a techno. Like. Okay, never mind. Oh my gosh. Listen to your heart. When All right, it's almost the end of the episode, and we like to close out every episode with Guilty Guilty as Charged. charged. So this is where our producer gives us a new Guilty as Charged question every week, and we have to drink if we have, if we are guilty, Okay. and give context behind our answer. All right. Kimberly asked, have you ever hoarded something in response to fear of unforeseen events? Oh. If so— what was it and why? I thought this was a good one. I'm curious. That's an interesting one. Rachel, you're a lot more paranoid than me and a conspiracy theorist okay. at heart. Yeah, I know. I am a conspiracy. Yeah. Okay, I'll say this. When COVID, when we were like June, July, August of 2020, I 
I was like, you know what? I believe we're going to be okay. But I wouldn't, I was not going to make a major purchase during that time. Mm. I was like, I'm going to hold my cash. I'm going to hold tight. Because it was weird. That was a weird time. We just didn't know how long I know, it was going to last, even, what was going to happen. Yeah, that was like kind of my first as an adult, you know, paying bills and taxes and yeah. have the, you know, being, living in adulthood. Uh, that, yes, that was probably like the, the most fear I've had around the economy, the world, my money, not knowing like, oh my gosh, are we gonna, are we really going to be okay? So yeah, there's wow. about three months there where I thought in and out of like, okay, all right, we got to get through this. We got to get through this. <laughs> we got to get through That song? This. I got to get through this. this. I got to get through this. Okay. So one time I bought like an industrial level amount of bars of soap because I thought they were going to, they were like going to stop making them. And so I was like, well, I love this bar of soap. I need to just get like 50 bars so it will last me forever. Okay. I'm confused. Will you reread the guiltiest charge question? Yeah. Have you ever hoarded something in response to fear of unforeseen events? Wow. I went straight COVID and like conspiracy theorists out the wazoo. And you went to soap, George. George just on a regular day. I just needed to read. I will say this. In the line of your thinking, during COVID, I was worried about toilet paper. It was a major concern (laughs) for me. (laughs) But on a normal day, it's bar of soap. Normal day. But like when I rolled up the Target and the shelves were completely empty. It was weird. Like my heart was like, what if I never see toilet paper again? I'm not kidding. That was a weird time. Can we reflect on that for a second? I couldn't hoard it. But like there was neighbors that I was like, I'm texting them going like, hey, do you have a, can you spare a square? Like it was scary. (laughs) Can you spare a square? It was a scary time for all of us. And so that was the only time where I was like, I get it. Like I get why. But then I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be selfish. I know. And get 17 rolls of toilet paper when someone else needs it. So I didn't do it, but there was a legitimate fear. Yeah, I think we may have. Do- I think we may have hoarded a little toilet paper during that time. <gasps> I do. I think you could have uh, saved a square. hand sanitizer. Do you uh, remember that? That was a whole yeah. thing. Of Even like- masks, like masks, were kind of hard to come by yes. for a little while. Man, that was a crazy time. Do you guys have any friends that had crazy like stories of that? Oh, I got friends oh, doing I have crazy stuff. I got I give got the some- people what they okay, want. Okay, so the I hope they're not listening. But a friend of ours their parents were a little bit paranoid. And this is Y2K. So it's 1999. We're about to hit 2000. It was a scary time. Yes, I remember that. We didn't know what was going to happen. They thought like banks would shut down, like things were going to explode. And so they got industrial levels of beans, like dry beans to last through like an apocalyptic situation. And Y2K happened and it was a non-event. And they forced them to eat the beans for many no. years. For years. They had to eat these beans until they were gone. Stop it. Yeah. <sighs> it's borderline. I'm like, that's cr- is that like abuse? Like, that's scary. Yeah, to, to actually follow through. And, and what does that do to your stomach? That's yeah, just a lot of fiber. That's a lot of stuff right there. Unbelievable. But that one's stuck in my head when you're talking about hoarding things for unforeseen events. All right, Kimberly, there you have it. There you go, Kimberly. Hey, keep sending these guilty as charged questions. They're we fun. We love them. All right, who's finished? You, you. I'm much closer. Yeah, you are, George. It's delicious, though. Okay, so what would you rate the espresso martino, the mocktail? I mean, I went ten out of ten last time. I feel like I should. Uh, I'm gonna go eight out of ten. Okay, that's There's fair. a little sour. It's a little acidic for your taste. I don't know what the sourness. There's a little bit of sour, but it's delicious. Okay. Well, there's what did only, you rate it? I would give it um, 
I'm gonna say nine out of ten because I love cold brew. There's nothing I oh, love yeah. more this than a cold like brew. Oh yeah, this is like your this is up your alley. This is right up my alley, and it's in a coupe glass. Which, if you've been listening, you know I love a coupe glass. And so I'll tell you what's in it. I'll tell you how much it costs. So this is a non-alcoholic spirit. The brand is called Seedlip, and it's the Spice Seventy Five flavor. And it also has some stirring simple syrup in it and Stumptown Cold Brew Concentrate. And so all of that comes out to, per drink, three eighty-seven dollars per glass. So it depends on what kind of spirit you're using, what kind of cold brew. Stumptown is, like, pretty fancy, I guess. But it's still three eighty-seven dollars a glass. It's yeah. not bad for a non-alcoholic mocktail. And if you want to make this drink alcoholic, you can add two ounces of vodka and one ounce of Kahlua in place of that non-alcoholic spirit. But still a very affordable drink that feels very upscale, especially in the coupe glass. So bonus points if you make it in a coupe. Super Do you fun. think it's worth the non-alcoholic liquor? I would say it's better than not having it. If it was just cold brew and simple syrup, it'd be a little bit strange. And so I think it's worth it. But just don't Add expect it, it to taste like alcohol. But I would say it makes a decent cocktail. It's so if you, if you don't drink, this is a great option for you. I love it. So you can find the recipe in the show notes and make it this weekend. If you do, tag us in your photos. We always love to see it. And send us, again, a great cocktail or mocktail recipe that you want us to try in our DMs, at George Camel with a K, at Rachel Cruz. And it's closing time. Closing time. Sing it. <laughs> How did you miss the key? I gave I you the key and everything. I don't know what keys are, George. I'm not a musician. All right. <laughs> I've actually been waiting for you guys to sing this. For so long. I can't we purposely, see y'all. Like, are Why would you do this? this to me? Why are you torturing me? It's just fun for me. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. If you like this episode, you don't want to miss a future one, make sure to follow us and hit the subscribe button. Follow us on social as well. And if the spirit leads, leave a nice review. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't, don't say, say it anything at all. At yeah, all. Like Sharon we Ramsey would that. say. Does she say that? No, but do you know who texted us? Who? Side note. Oh, that's right. Before we go. This was the best part of my entire week. Sharon Ramsey sent me a text. She asked Rachel for my number, put us in a group text, and said she loves Smart Money Happy Hour. And so then George texts me separately and says, who's this number that just texted us? And I said, it's my mom, Sharon. It was like the honor of a lifetime. It was like a... I told Rachel, I was like, if, if Kim Kardashian texts you, like that is the emotion I felt. No other review matters. Like I don't care what you have to say because the goat, Sharon Ramsey, <laughs> loves it. That's when your mom matters. is for you, who can be against you? Let's just say Big that. Big Sharon Ramsey fan. Unbelievable. So, every Thursday, new episodes. We'll see you next week for Smart Money Happy Hour. Smart Money.